When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Colombia Mala PLLC is 100% native owned and operated founded by Vern Colombia. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources and energy. Colombia Mala is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering community activism and employing indian preference in hiring and vendor relations are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is a voter for his very first time, Carl. Well, I wouldn't call myself a voter. I would call myself a, a freelance voter, I guess you could I guess you could say. You know, you know, the last episode, you know, the last episode was um was pretty was pretty eye opening to like uh, like how how we natives don't vote and we should all try to make a difference in that. But I still kind of stand by my by my you know by my thing that I, I you know I don't vote. Carl is just playing up for the podcast in real life. He sent in his registration. He's all registered. He's going to be first in line when the polls open up for state elections, which I believe are happening very soon. And so <laughs> I, I think uh, you called yourself freelance, but the correct term is probably a simp. You were simping. And so I, I think that that's probably more aligned with what actually happened from our last episode. And so we are here with episode two and we apologize. We apologize to the listeners that were waiting eagerly Wednesday morning for our episode to drop. And so, you know, life happens, things happen uh, without warning. And so it was one of those weeks and uh, we're, we're doing our best to try to get uh, season eight back on track. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I can't control what's going on with life. And of course, life kind of got in, uh, in the way of things, of us doing things. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's to where I, I, I want to, you know, keep doing this, but it's sometimes life can kind of come up on you and then you have to kind of put that first and make sure that all of your ducks are in a row and whatnot. And everybody has to, everybody goes through this. We should, we should do a check-in, you, you know, like how some podcasts, they kind of like, so, so how are you doing just to make sure that your, your mental <laughs> health is uh, going on? We do that at work, actually. There, there's uh, we have a monthly staff meeting at work and we do a check-in where everybody kind of just shares what's going on with their personal lives. Just, I guess, as a chance to, to vent 
on some things that are going on. And so, you know, let's do a Carl and J-Man check-in. We've never done a check-in before. So this will be our first time doing a check-in. And so, Carl, if you'd like to lead us off on that. Well, all right. All right. That sounds actually pretty nice. You know, um, yeah, we never did a check-in before. You know, we never talked about like our personal lives before because uh, I guess nobody wants to hear about our personal lives it's all about it's all about like you know jokes and funny hahas and uh, you know all of these little different things. But nobody really cares about what's going on with the with the next person. So you know, I I myself, you know, I, I'm I'm dealing. I've I've dealt with uh, mental health issues for a very very long time, and to you know subside that whole thing is the podcast. So and and to make it more better, it's like I tell these jokes. I make fun of the situations and and I tried I try my best to to keep everybody entertained and keep everybody happy. So I mean it's it, it's something that I, I really like doing. And so from you know today was a really good day. Um, I could I could say it was a, it was a good day for me. Uh, of course, like people have deal, dealing with like a lot of mental problems like that have their ups and downs. And I, I know all of you guys, and I know who you you know, who you are, you know who you are. And so, um, I, I am doing, I'm doing fine. I'm doing, I'm doing better. I would be, I would be like to make this better, like stable, but all in all, I'm, I'm okay. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for uh, laying on the couch and, you know, kind of giving us a glimpse of uh, what goes on behind the scenes, which is practically what happens on the podcast as well. And so, you know, kind of driving in circles, but that's okay. That's okay. That was your time. And so I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing okay too, as well. You know, it, I had this thought in my head and I kind of had this conversation with a, a, a colleague and, you know, I, I was thinking because it is a big transition, a big transition moving from the big city back to the reservation. Actually this summer, I think it'll be about five years since I moved back from uh, the big city, getting readjusted, getting reacquainted with uh, reservation life. And I had this thought in my head, I think I finally understand why superheroes become superheroes or even how villains become diabolical villains. Because then, you know, here on the reservation, you got a lot of people running around with uh, pretty big mouths. You got people that like to mouth off. People that like to talk shit like they've never got popped in the face before and it shows. <laughs> and and so, you know, I, I, I guess it reflects back to a funny meme that I saw one time on social media to where somebody was asking, you know, what's the reservation like? What's it like living on the res? And somebody responded and they said, it's pretty much like Gotham City, but with no Batman. <laughs> and so I think that that <laughs> depiction is pretty accurate. You know what I mean? If you live out here, that you do have some individuals that like to mouth off, especially on Hopi. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is in the water, but you got a lot of people that like to stick their chest out. And as I mentioned before, walk around and mouth off like they never got popped once before because then we had a private conversation you and I and just a disclaimer J-Man never encourages violence but you and I had a private conversation and I mentioned to you that people's demeanor really does change once they get slammed in the face one time where the eyes start watering and the nose starts 
rushing or the blood starts rushing out of the nose. And so that was kind of, <laughs> I, I guess, kind of yeah. something that was just off off the top of my head. Because then, you know, I think about it, you know, in my reservation. I'm sorry, on in my village. And I'm sure this is true for a lot of folks in their village. You got a lot of people that are a little bit too old to be running their mouths the way that they do, but yet they're there. <laughs> and then, you know, it's people like them, I guess, are the reason why superheroes are created or, or villains are created. So I, I guess that's kind of my little uh, venting session for, for today. <laughs> Is this the time where you and I started a fight at a K-Town store? And, um, you know, it's it's where we were brawling, brawling and you were wearing your, uh, your Lumas uh, in the parking lot, uh, acting like Nacho Libre, and we started. Um, I started like uh, saying cold. Uh, what is it? Cold Stone. Uh, Steve Austin quotes. Is that the time? It, it's not really a fight, Carl. When I slap you once, and then you curl up in a little ball in the parking lot and start crying. So you know, majority <laughs> of that time was spent me trying to console you and trying to get you to stop crying and trying to get uh, keep Soul from getting after me, just like uh, back back in our. Uh, <laughs> Younger days. <laughs> well, Soul was there, so she she took up for me most of the time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty fun. And and so I guess as we get the the pod the podcast back on track, I'd like to uh, do a special announcement. And so Carl and J Man would like to thank a special sponsor. We got a special sponsor, a title sponsor out there. So now the Carl and J Man Save the World podcast is now presented by Kawanvio Mala PLLC. And so we got our buddy Varen out there who has. Uh, upgraded his sponsorship and so now the podcast is presented by Cohen Viomala PLLC and so you'll see some uh marketing out there that reflects that and so uh big 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 hand for for our buddy Varen. All right well thank you Varen for sponsoring this season of uh, Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I mean it without you without your without everybody's sponsorship and our their dedication to listening to us I mean, we we wouldn't be here today uh, making fun of you guys and making fun of uh, each other and making fun of the whole Hopi Reservation. So thank you, everybody, for giving us the support. Thank you for that. And so uh, we do have a topic today. And it was kind of a bit of a scramble because then, you know, we, we did mention that life kind of threw the podcast off track. But then on top of that, we actually had an original concept for an episode but that involved a special guest and then that didn't work out with scheduling conflicts and such and so we're here going to talk about something that we've kind of touched upon a little bit but kind of wanting to talk about it a little bit more because then you and I have had conversations before privately kind of about this idea and it's this idea of village wars and the, the people that are involved in these wars but I guess just kind of really laying some context because then you know I think that this idea came about because you and I had a discussion about something that's happening uh, contemporarily here on the Hopi Reservation and there's this um, there's this development of something called the Hopi Board of Education and what that is is that it's a, a consolidation 
of all of our Hopi schools on the reservation. But then I made this comment to you one time because then, you know, the whole idea of this HBE is what they're calling it, Hopi Board of Education. But the whole concept of this HBE was to make things easier for the educational system, centralizing everything, meaning that there's going to be one big office that's going to help regulate all of the schools that are here. We have several uh, K through six educational institutions and then one big high school one big junior high school senior high school here on the reservation and so the idea was to make things a little bit easier but then and talking about it i made this comment to you that the office the office the supposed central office is going to be located all the way at Kings Canyon. <laughs> and for those of you that aren't familiar with the reservation, Kings Canyon is the easternmost part of the reservation. And so the village that you're from, Hotbella, you guys are probably the most western village on the reservation. And of course, Asmun Kapis, you know, we're practically kind of like Hawaii in this ocean of Navajos. And so we're way over here. And so I made the comment that, you know, this supposed central office only caters to the first mesas. And so it's like, what the hell? Why, why, why is this supposed central office way out in Kings Canyon? But then I did mention to you that I kind of do understand why it's way the hell out there in first mesa, really, because that. First Mesa is the only one really that's offering land for them to have this office. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, like it, it, it's. I don't know how Hopi. I don't know how Hopi like thinks of these di- different things, like having like a central location <laughs> of of like doing business wise. But like basically, like central location means like if it's close to me, then that means central location to me. <laughs> So I think that's I think that's basically how central location works for them. <laughs> and but then you know it got us into this big old conversation because then we started talking about I guess how stingy we are with as, as in particular our land because then each village has control over their own lands and um, I, I guess. I guess for for the villages out there that are very close to each other that you know I mean they they have these defined boundaries and I'm not really too sure how how they measure that but those are there and then so when in turn when we need to create something that's going to be beneficial for our communities whether that's an uh, office for this consolidated Hopi Board of Education or creating other types of entities such as businesses things that would be helpful for all of Hopi that a lot of the times the reasons why that these businesses or organizations aren't set up is because none of the villages want to offer up their land to have these places built on top of them. And and so, you know, you have this kind of issue on the reservation. And I think that um, somebody like me that works within the nonprofit or a uh, nonprofit realm that there's multiple nonprofit organizations out on Hopi. And one of the biggest issues is that a lot of these organizations, their struggles is that they can't find office space because there isn't really office space out on the reservation except for the Hopi tribe, I believe, are, are really the only ones that have their own office spaces and, of course, the schools and then the uh, healthcare center. And, and so it becomes to this point that because we're so protective of our lands, 
that we don't want to share and we, we don't want to share that nothing gets developed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I mean, like, you know how hope he is. It's like we're so um, far apart from each other. Like all the mesas are very, very far apart. Like from traveling just from your village to my village is about 60 miles. It's around 60 miles. And it's, it takes miles. around. Well, okay. Well, we'll, we'll say 35 miles. <laughs> it shows you that I have never gone to Tuba in a, such a long time. So, but anyway, it takes around 45 minutes to get from your, your village to my village. And I, I, I was going to make the comment, which is ironic because I know that part of your job is driving out here and yet you haven't been out here in a while. Yeah, exactly. I know that's true. And like, you know, cause I, uh, you know, like driving from here, from Hot Vela to K-Town, it's about 13 minutes. It's a 13 minute drive. And from K-Town to like uh, first Mesa, it's almost like a 60 minute drive. And it, it, you know, all of these little different things, it, it kind of affects how how we think in a way of what central location means to us. And because like, you know, if, if you're talking about Zuni, Zuni is just one one huge, um, like one huge culture there. And all of it, it's all central location there. You know, everything is right there and everything is all set and done for you. But like with Hopi, everything is like so far apart. We don't even know what's going on until like, you know, souls and aunties come over and then they'll start, you know, um, blabbering about like what's who's who's who and what's going on and who's who's with who and you know all of these different things like that. And so, you know, a, a lot of the a lot of the things is like, um, like yeah, like what you were saying is like office space, like that. We, we don't have office spaces out here. And, and so, and so that was it's, the- it, yeah. Go ahead. And so that was the conversation that kind of, uh, I guess, created this idea to talk about this concept, the village wars. But then there were some other things that kind of got me thinking, at least thinking specifically inside the village, like what, what it is that people fight about within villages. And of course, I think land is kind of a part of that because I guess traditionally we've mentioned this before that each clan kind of has their own area, even within villages to where they're able to build their homes and such and then especially once we're getting up to this time when it comes to summertime that we're starting to have our dekivis again thank god that we're getting out of this pandemic and that's something that's starting to start out about again that very recently there was a dance this past weekend at the upper village they had their uh, and it, I guess this is kind of a, a, a common thing throughout villages is that when it comes to our summer dances when it comes to warring with each other that another thing that um, primarily it's ladies that fight over where they put their chair in the plaza when they want to go watch the dances <laughs> you mean it's uh, all the coyote girls out there who want to watch dances start fights pretty much just say that <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure you were going to say that so i've kind of finished it for you <laughs> and it's it's i guess it's kind of like a, a quirky thing because then you know it's it's a pretty big conversation like come around summertime and for for folks that might not be familiar that you know during the summer we have our dances whether those are katina katina dances or social dances that a lot of the ladies they they place their chairs out in the plaza and so in turn they kind of create this um 
kind of like a stadium where where the the benches are the stadium seating and something like that's created but then each lady they kind of have their territories and so there's particular places where they place their chairs and then there's always fights that break out fights always break out because somebody put out too too many chairs or somebody put their chairs where another person puts their chairs and then so in turn Ladies start to tie their chairs together. They try to make it difficult for somebody else to move them because then that's another thing that ladies like to fight about is that, you know, somebody moves their chair. They get really upset. And it's kind of funny because then, you know, at least the way that I've understood it, especially when it comes to uh, Katina dances, Katina that I was always under the understanding that you're not supposed to put your chairs up until the day of the dance but as we move through time that the chairs are put up sooner and sooner and sooner because i even seen this transition within my short lifetime that it went from putting the chairs up to the day of the dance to the friday before the dance and then it went (laughs) from the friday right before the dance to the thursday right before the friday right before the dance and then as now time passed, about, then it went from yeah, Wednesday now, before the Thursday, before the Friday, before the dance. Now it's now it's basically like a month in advance, basically. Like, you know, you have to <laughs> you have to get like your tickets ready and you have to get like your your special spot ready. And I mean it's it's crazy how how like women like will do that. Will like will put their chairs up in advance hoping that nobody and they go and check on it like every other day they'll go and check on it like every they'll, day they'll, and then they'll come yeah and then they'll come back and say that oh did you know someone so and so move my chair i had to go over there and move it back and they had to throw away their chair and their blanket over there and it, it gets in that it gets to that point where it's like I, you know I don't care you know as long as you as long as you watch the dance and you know what the funny thing about it is that they're never there watching the dance sometimes they're I, never I was there about to, to say from the male perspective I guess and you know that's something that really is, is a woman thing because for the most part you know either men are are helping with the dance or usually if you're a man and you're watching the dance you're watching on the roof and so usually most of the men were not down at the bottom in in the chairs usually that's kind of a place for the ladies and the children but then like like you're saying that you know for a, a big part of the day especially before lunchtime you see a lot of empty chairs you see a lot of empty chairs and it's really not until probably the the last two rounds that you start seeing all the chairs fill up and and then so you know all these ladies kind of creating this negative energy i guess right before the dances start for something that we're supposed to be having positive energy and and so it's kind of an interesting concept and you know there's all these other you hear all these stories and it kind of cracks me up because then uh, this is probably really more of of a kiawak thing but because all the villages out there are so close together and especially in this day and age, you have a lot of people from different villages that are dancing at all the villages or are participating at all the villages. And then so you in turn, you get this invasion of people from other villages taking their chairs to a village that they're not from. 
and then in turn the host village then those ladies get mad about that because then it's like oh all these other ladies from this other village came and brought their chairs and you know they they took away space for us to put up our chairs yeah i know i i've i've uh, witnessed that as well too and it's funny i mean it's it's so funny how like we we think that we're doing something religious like we're doing something make ourselves like pure and to purify ourselves again with all these ceremonies and to bring in the joy and the happiness again but yet we're in the plaza fighting f- over chairs it's it's that chair wars it's the it's the chair wars <laughs> it is chair wars and it, it, and, it and cracks the, me up because then like go ahead carl you know and and to and to put the cherry on the top it's like you know then they talk about like how we should be, you know, kepsi with each other or we should be friendly with each other and we, we should we should honor each other's, um, you know, um, our, ourselves and we talk about friendliness and, and we talk about all of these different things like that. But yet we're in the we're in the you know, women are in the plaza and they're fighting over chairs. So they're, you know, their um, their maids or their grandchildren can sit there. Or they can, uh, you know, they they have their special spot. So, like, you know, their their uh, you know the spirit god can come and and um, give them their special treats, their cookies or their eggs or whatnot. And so it's it, it's it just it's funny to me. It's funny to me that I see these things like that. <laughs> or or their their pickles with their Kool Aid. <laughs> exactly. I think I think I, I think mean, like, I've seen them learn learn how to grow pickles in uh, Kool Aid now. <laughs> you know, like um, like I was saying before, maybe we should sell tickets to these events now. Like have like special <laughs> seatings go on Ticketmaster, and you have to you have to buy it in advance. I, you know, you, the, you know, uh, villages would make so much money always- like that by that. You, you always make mention of these Hopis that like to bring Pahanas to the villages. That'll be part of the, the VIP package. And so instead of just bringing them to on the day of the dance, they can bring them days before the dance so that they can see all the transaction that goes on in the Gisonbe when the ladies are fighting with each other. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it does get crazy. And you know who you are you know, all my sisters, all my clan sisters are the ones, are the biggest ones, Coyote clan sisters. If you are listening to this, you are the problem there in the plaza. Just put your chairs down and, and, and you know, just watch the dance. Come on. I, I was going to say, if you're out there listening to this and you're nodding your head in agreement, you're probably the main perpetrator out there because that tends to be usually how it goes. <laughs> exactly uh, but all in all i mean like you know we're we're you know like the chair wars and everything like that it, it's it's something different it, i mean like it's it creates this animosity towards each other as well too because we're supposed to be honoring these these uh the, the ceremonies we're supposed to be enjoying this we're, we're supposed to be like uh like like cleansing ourselves through these songs here and yet we're not doing that we're just we're we're having these like silly little wars because we can't see we can't you know uh, you know we, we can't view we can't we can't uh, enjoy unless we have our special spot and that's that's basically <laughs> what how we, how it goes 
And I, I guess the way that this ties into the whole concept of village wars is because I always have this conversation with my brother-in-law and we're always talking about this idea of space. Because in my house that, you know, like I'll clean a, uh, a side of the house, like I'll, I'll clear all the clutter, I'll move things so that there's space. And then as soon as I create space, something takes up that space. And so we talked about how the villages, they don't want to give up their space. They don't want to give up their space to create the centralized office because in their heads, maybe that, oh, we're going to use that space someday. And then when it comes to the Kisonve during our Tekives, that the Momoyam, they don't want to give up their space, that that's always been their space and they want to keep their space so that they can have a good view of the dents. And because apparently, you know, it, it's not enough to just hear the songs. You have to see it up close and personal and to be able to be in eyesight so that their their quatis can give them their, uh, what, what what's that candy called with uh, that powder, the, the pixie sticks and, and all that. And so <laughs> I, I guess really it feeds into that idea of space. But, you know, kind of some other things, too, that I kind of had on my list of things to talk about. As far as village wars go, is that I kind of wanted to talk about the the, ho- the housing issue, but as it relates to our villages, and you know, I, I guess kind of the example that I have is that you know, from my own personal personal example, is that even though we're from Munkapi, that my family kind of somewhat actually has a claim to a house in Hotbala in your village, and yeah. very recently. And very recently, you know, that the, the current occupants of this home in Hotvela, they started to make repairs. They started to make repairs on the home. And then I think the neighbors kind of caught, caught, caught sight of that. And then they informed us. They said, hey, the, they're, they're, they're making repairs on your home. <laughs> and it's kind of this, this thing, I guess, really with Hopis is that, you know, we have this thing of really holding on to history in a way because then even though the current occupants of this home, I'm sure that, you know, they have this concept, oh, it's our house. It, it belongs to us. But the neighbors understand that that house was given to our kwa, to my kwa. And so the neighbors kind of, I guess, acknowledge us, even though we're not from the village, as the actual true owners of the home. And so, you know, it's kind of always this communication with us that when the repairs are being made on this home that we're notified. And but things like that are ha- happen often, I guess, in, in many villages, this this whole thing of fighting over homes, I guess, fighting over space. And so that's kind of another concept of this idea of, of village wars. And then so, you know, for people to really hold on to who truly owns a home and if somebody kick somebody else out of a house that even though they might say it's theirs that really the community will always remember no it really belongs to another person and i'm sure that you have other example stories as it relates to that yeah exactly i know all too well about like people fighting over village homes village property and it, it's <clears throat> it's come to the point where like you know the, all of this stuff is being put into like the the court systems and the court basically overturns it and says that no this is actually a village matter because we can't you know delve into like village matters especially with homes like this belonging to like the family home and 
you, you have to basically like, you know, just uh, like everybody sit down and make sure that, you know, this is this is who we are and this is who the house belongs to. And for Hopi in Hopi tradition, that the men are basically not the owners of the house. It's the women that are owners of all the houses. And so it's it's basically like the women are in charge of the land and in charge of the houses. And to have that dispute and, and just like the village, uh, like the what were the chair wars, it's it's basically the same thing like that with the with the houses. So I it, I know all too well about that. And I, I guess you know, for us to say war within the title of this episode, I think is fitting because I've always thought that you know, if if somebody tries to take something away from you, or or somebody tries to contest what it is that you're standing up for, especially within our Hopi communities, and if you decide to stand up for yourself, if you stop decide to fight for what you believe to be yours, then you truly are going to war. Because then you're going to have to, I guess, have these arguments with other people who might be trying to invade your territory or try to impose themselves against you. And then it might go, like you said, outside of just face-to-face arguments that, you know, you're getting taken to court. You're being threatened, uh, being threatened by village members, fellow village members to be sued. And, and so, you know, that was kind of one of the things that I wanted to talk about because, you know, I don't think that this is something that you and I have delved into a whole lot is that, you know, we kind of talk about these concepts kind of using really broad examples, but actually using real life examples. And, you know, one of the examples that I kind of wanted to talk about was uh, the, the example from my village down in Munkapi, because down in Munkapi and uh, our our leading clan is actually Piyakesingam. It's corn clan. And I believe that the reason why it's Piyakesingam is because back in, way back when in the Hisat time that in Oraivi, that uh, our, our clan was kind of uh, the right hand man of the bear clan, which is uh, by all intents and purposes the power of all Hopis. And so when the village of Munkapi was established, that the bear clan leader instructed his right hand that you're going to be in charge of that community and so in turn that the corn clan kind of went over there but then of course when it comes to fighting when it comes to disputes that i've heard within my own village that when people are upset with the leaders when they're upset with the leaders that they kind of try to find their way around who the leader is and they try to find a way around their decision and so that's kind of an argument that's always been made down in our village is that well corn clan isn't a leading clan that it's the bear clan bear clan and oraibi they're the ones that are really in charge and so that's kind of been a way as people trying to get around uh the fact that big is the 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 chief clan down in Munkapi, and then one of kind of one of the negative things about our history as a village is that our village was put into allotments and so for people out there that don't know what allotments is it was this terrible idea that was devised by the federal government the united states of america uh the the vote the voting body that a lot of you this 
elect to participate in but uh j-man doesn't <laughs> i'm just kidding but you know basically they impose this thing called allotments and what it is is that it divides land and i'm not entirely sure how much land that is allotted per person but basically what makes it bad is that when the person who has the deed to the allotment when they die that that allotment is split up to their heirs whether that be their children or their wife however it goes but then let's say a man has five children and then when that man dies that his allotment is divided up by five for his children and then when his five children when they pass away that the allotment is continually divided based upon what their allotments are and then so these big what was once big land it gets divided and dwindled down to a point to where somebody within these allotments have a right to i don't know one square foot of land and it's like if you have the rights to one square foot of land what can you really do with that and so you know that's kind of an issue that we have within our village and then it even gets to a point to where Alatis, which is the designated term for people that have a rights to this land that some of them aren't even really Hopi at all because of uh, intermarriage and things like that. And then so technically, if you're an Alati within our village, if you wanted to, you could build something on our keys only because technically by the law of the land that, that you know, that that's that that's your right to do so. Or you could tear down a kiva if you wanted to. And, and put up a snowco stand or something like that. And so that's kind of the issues that we've had. And I guess really the point in telling that story is that sometimes, you know, wars kind of develop between the people within the village and the people who are supposed to be the leaders within the village. And it, is there examples that you know of, Carl, that are similar to that? Well, before we go on, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for our paid sponsors. Native Community Capital is your trusted partner for home loans or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272. Let's work together to rebuild tribal economies. Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hopi Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at NurturingI Squared and on Facebook at NI Squared Team to find out more. Are you 16 to 25 years old and living in Maricopa County? If you are, Connections Tree program provides free counseling, life skill developing, housing navigation, and substance use treatment for 16 to 25 years old living in Maricopa County. Grow your roots with Tree. Gift cards are offered at every appointment. So call Tree today at 602-424-2060 or email them at youthtree at nativeconnections.org to sign up today. That's Y-O-U-T-H-T-R-E-E at nativeconnections.org. You know, before the before the, um, the break there, you know, you were asking me if there was something similar. And yeah, there is. There's a lot of things that are similar to that where it's like, like they're because you know how like Bakavi and Hotvela they're always warring with each other. They're always having this this type of war with each other about whose whose land it is and who's like um, who's on the the right side of it. And 
it, it's getting to the point where like, you know, we, we don't like each other because we're Hopi and we love each other because we're Hopi. And it's, it's so <laughs> strange because that's how we function as, as Hopi people is that we hate, we hate one certain clan because of what their, 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 their clanship is. And then yet we have to honor their clan because of what, of who their clan is. I don't know if you I don't know if I'm making sense, but I'm pretty sure you kind of get what I'm saying. That that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> exactly. And you know, it, it's it's so crazy how we think as a, a, as a Hopi people that we can we can have all of these different disputes over land issues and land rights. But yet in the end the land really doesn't belong to us, you know. It, it, if you really know about what Hopi is and you know who we got this land from the land doesn't really belong to us it was just where it's on loan basically and and that's that's the thing is like a lot of us lost that that knowledge there and thinking that yeah we have to act like Bahanas have to act like the white people and and say that this is my land here and this is what I'm going to do with it here uh most of all, like, you know, most of, most of the times that a lot of these lands will be turned into like fields or like, um, like, you know, people will like build like little houses on there. But most of the times, like, you know, it, it'll just be put up rocks signifying that this is your plot of land that nobody should ever take. And it stays like that for generations. I mean, decades and generations upon generations. And it, I mean, like all of that, it, it's so silly how we, how we as Hopis think like that. And it, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's gone to the point where we're basically fighting in the white man's view of different things rather than looking at like the Hopi side of different things. And you come to the conclusion is like, are we Hopi or are we white men fighting for, fighting for justice of what really belongs to us? Well, it's funny because some of the comments that you've mentioned, that you've said, kind of hit hit home for me because I've I've heard people from my own village say really nasty things about my clan. My soos even was uh, threatened to somebody threatened to sue her because she wouldn't allow for them to put electricity into their home because you know she she was uh, our elder at the time and kind of you know was guiding at least uh, for, for a big part of the village. And then so, you know, that's kind of, I guess, the warfare, I guess, that, that comes with having a lot of responsibility within the village is that, you know, you get a lot of arrows shot at you. You're threatened oftentimes. And, you know, really, it, it's, I think, for Hopis that, you know, when you're put into a leadership position, when you're really put into a leadership position, most of the time that you really don't want it. Of course, you have those quote-unquote so-called leaders out there that force their way into leadership positions within our Hopi communities, but the real leaders, that they're they're placed in there uh, by by the people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, we're, we're not Hopi. You know, we're the definition of Kahopi. We're basically the the whole idea of, of that word there. And it, it stands true to the fact that we've become that word so much that that word now is basically in our whole item of uh, of language, where we're now Kahopi rather than Hopi itself. And you know, like before, like I was saying about like these land issues and land wars. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's so much more to this whole idea of uh, like you know this 
this whole thing that we're talking about. But you know, you know, time is wasting, and I mean, time is running out basically. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and just end it here, and we're gonna go ahead and because you know we we have our cultural duties that we have to attend to. So again, if you guys are listening to this on anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85, go ahead and uh, become a sponsor. It's only $1.99 or $9.99 a month. And it doesn't take as much uh, as much time and effort. And, and plus two, we are still talking about the, uh, the, the subscription. So if you want to become part of that subscription, month you know we're, we're making special episodes for that to delve deeper into like different episodes and you can learn about our lives you can learn who we are and it, it is a paid section there so if you're very very interested you know um we're, we'll be reaching out to people who are paid subscriptions and we'll try to do that as well too so go ahead and do that in the free version we 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 don't reveal names, but in the paid version, we'll, we'll be uh, putting everybody on blast. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so if you don't follow us on our social media accounts, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can, I hope, be able to listen to this on YouTube. But uh, I guess that's pretty much it, Carl. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man's Save the World podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long, quack, quack.